so look, this morning we're going to um, begin the, the new year, begin the new decade, if you like, by talking about faith. Faith. And in particular, this morning we're going to talk about faith in the furnace. And we've already sung a song this morning that talks about God being present in the fire. And, uh, and I thought maybe we could build off that a little bit this morning and ensure that we line our faith up with what the Word says and how it is that we outwork our faith in a real-world scenario. And when I say real-world scenario, I mean the real world is the world that we live in every day of the week, isn't it? Not only our personal lives, our, 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 our relationships, but the relationship that we have with society around us. And faith in the furnace is something that has uh, been part of the, the faith life of God's people for centuries. The challenge of what society will put upon us, the challenge of what society will demand of us or try to. And this morning we get to look at the lives of some men from back in the days of Babylon uh, who were put under pressure. But I'd also like us to be able to, in this moment, reflect a little bit upon our own lives. Now, you've been given a rubber band as you walked in this morning. Hey, aren't we good? Generosity is just overwhelming, isn't it, when you come here? And uh, so don't flick it on the ear of the person in front of you. That's not what it's there for, okay? But just hold on to it. It'll have meaning in a little while. Um, <clears throat> so what I'm going to do now is we're going to have a look at the book of Daniel, and we're going to have a look at chapter 3, when we find that the story uh, is presented in a really powerful way of some men and how their faith was challenged. Let's just create a context first. Um, the people of God, the people of Israel, were in captivity in Babylon under King Nebuchadnezzar. And in this time, Nebuchadnezzar was a very wise king. Now, he was the, the enemy at one level, but he was wise in as much as he invited the nations that he conquered to come uh, not only, obviously, didn't invite them, he came, brought them in as slaves, but he invited them to set up and to be at their best in his country. And so he expected people who had trade, expected people who had skills, to come and bring all of those skills to Babylon. And that's why Babylon prospered, because he wasn't subjecting those that he had um, um, defeated in battle he wasn't subjecting them to just simply life of imprisonment and slavery. He invited them to step up to the point where he invited some of the best young people amongst them to be leaders and rulers in the midst of his, his country, which is a very, very trusting thing to do, isn't it? However, uh, some people were envious of the fact that these Jewish people were wise and capable, and therefore they set a trap for them. And in this case, uh, come back to what God do you serve? Whom do you serve? And so three young men, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, were challenged to bow down to a golden statue, a golden God. And upon not doing this, King Nebuchadnezzar was told about it. And he said, this is not good enough. They need to bow down. And by not bowing down, they were then told that they were going to be thrown into a fire, and ultimately killed, of course. So let's, let's read this story. It says here, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, to King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your 
majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. So here is the line that they've drawn. They're basically saying, we're here to serve you. We're okay with that. We're okay to serve you and the, the, the vision that you have as a nation. But when it comes to us being people of Yahweh, people of God, we will not bow down to this golden image that you've established. And uh, therefore, we're prepared to lose our lives over this. We trust in God that we won't lose our lives. But if we do lose our lives, it doesn't make God any less than he is. And it doesn't make us any less than we are. And so here they drew the line. And so the story goes on and it describes how uh, Nebuchadnezzar was really angry and he gets his soldiers to throw these men into the fire. And in the process of throwing them in the fire, uh, some of the men who did that, they themselves perished because the fire was so hot. He got it uh, many times hotter than normal. And so here they are thrown in the fire and the miracle happens, it says here. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Okay, that's his image of, of somebody who was, um, someone who was uh, angelic, maybe. Certainly somebody who was from out of this world. So when we sing that song, Someone in the Fire, this is where that story comes from, okay? Someone in the fire who's walking with us. The fourth person uh, is a representation of the person of Christ or is Christ himself. We're unsure, we're not told, but we get to see this powerful story uh, describing how God is in the fire with us. And of course, in the fire, they're not harmed. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, prefects, and governors, and royal visors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their head singed, their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. So you can see from King Nebuchadnezzar's response to this, it wasn't just about them escaping the fire, but uh, he recognizes that the God they serve was the God most high. See in the third line there, it says, uh, Abednego, servants of the most high God come out. God had, in this case, proven himself because he had saved his people, in this case, three young Jewish men. So, of course, now as uh, followers of Jesus, uh, any fire that we see, we can jump in and feel comfortable about doing so, can't we? Because this is the example set for us. Is that how it works? No, of course it isn't. So the question is, what is faith? When Jesus was confronted by um, the devil when he had 40 days of temptation in the desert, one of the temptations that Jesus was challenged by was when he was taken to a high place and he was challenged to jump off the temple. He was, the high place was the temple. And he was challenged to jump off the temple. And the devil challenged him by quoting scripture saying that uh, God will protect you, you won't harm your, 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 yourself, your, your foot or your, or your body won't be harmed. And then Jesus replied, uh, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Okay, so is Jesus displaying a lack of faith there 
or wisdom. It's, it's wisdom, of course. But the challenge for us is how do we find the right balance when it comes to understanding what faith is all about and how is faith developed in our lives and what does faith in God on a daily basis look like? Well, I've got a little illustration that I'm using here. Uh, this is all the way from um, the religious illustration shop called Mitre 10 Mega. And um, I'm going to use it in this way. So <clears throat> faith works like this. Well, should I say human nature works like this. In all of our lives, what we're trying to do in every part of our lives is reconcile the two ends of our lives in such a way that nothing is broken. There's an unbroken circle. So uh, if, you're, if you're married, you want your marriage to be perfect, okay? Nothing broken in here. If you're raising children, you want them to be perfect. Nothing broken in here. Of course, that's always the goal. Um, all right. Uh, health, perfect. Finances, no pressure. Relationships, love thy neighbor, love thy mother-in-law. Everything comes in there. Perfect, okay? All right, that's, that's the life that we aspire to. Now, that's the way we're wired because we have a vision. We have a vision for what is good, what is perfect, and what we deem to be capable of achieving. The challenge for all of us, though, is that um, invariably in, other part, in, in not all parts of our lives, but in many parts of our lives, um, that circle is, is not connected. Okay? So if you're struggling with a health issue, it doesn't quite fit, okay? If you've got um, a wayward daughter or a wayward son, or in today's environment, a wayward mother or a wayward father, uh, could be any of these relationships that doesn't quite fit, okay? And you're now trusting God for the difference. This gap is where faith exists. Okay, this is where it exists. And in fact, if all the areas of your life that I've mentioned had a perfect seal and a perfect connection, you wouldn't need faith at all, would you? Why, why, would, you, why would you bother? The other side of the coin, of course, is that um, our lives, everybody's life, is desi desirous of this, this same outcome. Our faith in God is created by recognizing that we have fallen short of the glory of God. Now, we all carry this gap. We all carry this hole, if you like. Uh, and we recognize this by God's grace. And then we realize that Christ himself has paid the price to fill this gap. So when I talk about faith, I'm not talking about salvation here. I'm talking because salvation is completed in Christ. It is perfectly complete. Because of the blood of Christ shed for us, uh, we know that we are secure in our salvation. But a life of faith is lived recognizing that there's a gap between what is and what could be. Now, I want you to take your rubber band. All right. So I say no expense spared around here. Now, I want you to hold it like that. Just hold it up like that. Now, is this rubber band of any value to anybody in this, in this condition? Not really, is it? 
A rubber band only has usefulness when it is stretched. You see, because when it is stretched, you can actually put it around something and it holds it together. Yeah, that's the purpose of a rubber band. The difficulty that we face is as Christians, God's saying to us, I want to stretch you to make you useful. And you're saying, no thanks, I'd rather stay like this. (laughs) Isn't that right? Isn't that right? Yes. Yes. Now, I haven't had a conversation with the Willis family about this, but I'm going to pick on them. When you were in Vanuatu, did this happen or did this happen? Yeah, there we go. Look at them, all of them. Like, yeah, this is right, you know. Because why? Because you put yourself in a position where you're out of your comfort zone. Whereas everything within you, your human nature, wants to go like this, stay home, eat fish and chips on Friday and watch Netflix, yeah? Okay, and praise the Lord on Sunday. Isn't that wonderful? Beautiful life. What a great life. So when we look at uh, the stories of faith in Scripture, what we've got to realize is that God is doing this to make people useful. The problem is we don't like this because this is painful. It takes us out of our comfort zone, and we don't know when this is going to finish because God says, He will complete his work in us, doesn't he? Okay, he says he will complete his work in us. And so we can fight this or we can resist it, but either way, if we're calling upon Jesus as Lord, he will continue to create opportunities for this to occur. This is where faith lives. Now, coming back to my my Mitre 10 mega illustration here, um, This gap, this gap is where your prayers exist. Yeah? This gap is where your hopes exist. This gap is where your future exists. This is everything that you want to achieve in your life and for God. It all exists here. And so when we look at the, um, when we look at the ancients of, of faith, and, uh, and we ask ourselves what was going on in their lives, we see that they were going through a big stretch as well, weren't they? Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, they were like, well, here we are. We didn't create this scenario. We're being faithful, and we're going to get thrown in the fire. Let me tell you, God is real. Our God is faithful, and our God is powerful. And if he doesn't deliver us, that doesn't make him different to whom he is. So here was faith in action. And Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says this. It says there, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. And in Hebrews chapter 11, if you go through that chapter, you'll find a list of all of these ancient men from the Old Testament stories. And it talks about these stories of faith. It talks about Abraham. Now, Abraham... Abraham had a great life. He was living in the town of Ur. Let's say Ur together. Does it sound like a place you want to go to? I I, I think God has a sense of humor. I really do. Eh? We can all live in Ur. Okay? Be careful. 
We can live in Teronga. Okay? His life was like this. In her. And then God came along and said, I'm going to stretch you. Guess what? I'm going to bless you. Oh, cool, says God. And I'm going to send you to a place that you don't know where you're going. Oh, that doesn't sound that great. You know? And you're going to become the father of a nation where the numbers are going to be as many as the stars in the sky. He's like, well, we ain't got no kids. How's that going to happen? Trust me. So, so here was Abraham sent on a journey and in such a way that he didn't have any idea of where he was even going. That's what he's told. He went to an unknown land. So where are you going, Abraham? I don't know. Where are you going from? Uh, okay. And what are you going to do there? We're going to have a family. How many kids you got now? None. Okay. Well, that sounds like a really hopeful trip, doesn't it? Well, it's a journey of faith. Abraham must have told his neighbors. And so he started. What about Noah? Eh? Oh, poor old Noah. What's all the wood for, Noah? Oh, they're running a special down at Mitre 10. <laughs> so I thought I'd get some. No, God's told me to build a boat. Why? Well, flood's coming. <laughs> yeah, great. That, uh, yeah, right. And, uh, and for over 100 years, he built that boat. Now, I can guarantee that Noah was doing okay. Yeah? Because God said he was a righteous man. Okay? He had a righteous family. So he would have been blessed. He would have had good things going on in his life. But God said, I want more out of you, Noah. I want to take your little rubber band and turn it into a rubber boat, and you're going to rescue people. Okay? But it's going to require faith. Yeah? What about, uh, what about Moses? Now, Moses started off with the best of the best, living in the courts of Pharaoh, uh, committed a murder, was run out of town, and lived the next 40 years herding sheep. Nothing wrong with herding sheep. No problems, no pressure, nice warm jackets in winter, plenty of mutton roasts to eat. Okay, what more do you want? He had a lovely wife, a nice father-in-law, who's a very spiritual guy. Okay. And then a burning bush turns up. And, God, and, and, and Moses approaches it, and in that moment, God says, guess what? I've got plans for you. Plans where you're going to have to lean on me. I'm going to stretch you and I'm going to grow your faith. I'm breaking open this, room in, this area in your life for faith to grow. And what did Moses do? He says, oh, great, I can't wait. When do we start? Heck no. He was like, nah. Too old? Nah. They all know me down there. I've still got a record. Hey, they'll run me in, throw me in jail. I can't talk, 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 talk very properly. I've got to stutter, 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 stutter. That's the reason why, by the way, the name Aaron is spelt with two A's. When he went down and met Pharaoh, he said, Who's the guy with you? He goes, Aaron. A, was it A, two A's or three? There's no, there's no other reason for Aaron to have two A's. You, you think about it. Sorry, Aaron. <laughs> so here we have men of God being stretched. Okay, being stretched. And, and this is the whole reason for what, this is what faith is all about, isn't it? 
It's about growing into what God wants us, wants for us. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And it's the earnestly seeking him part which is the vital part of this because we can live or attempt to live our lives in such a way that we have no trouble, no problem, we're blessed, okay? That's the ultimate, isn't it? It's the ultimate Western dream. Okay, and what we do is we, we take the Western dream and we baptize it, we sprinkle communion juice on it, pray prayers over it, we sing about it, we slap scriptures on it, and we call it worship, we call it devotion. The reality is God saying to the ancients of faith that they live their lives in such a way that the dreams that God had given them had not even come to fruition or fulfillment when they died. That's the summary of Hebrews chapter 11. So what's being said there is God gave them a dream bigger than their capacity, longer than their life, far greater than anything they could have been able to achieve. Does it make sense? That is where faith exists. Now let me tell you what faith isn't, okay? Because faith has a dangerous side to it. Um, Faith that operates as presumption or assumption, pretty much the same thing, uh, allows you to think that you can dream up something that you feel is what God wants for you to have. And in that place or that space, if you generate enough faith, generate enough hope that leaves no room for doubt, it will come to pass. You know, if, you're, if, you're misun- if you're not following me on this, let me, let me be very pointed here. Here's a book that was written in the 80s based on a story in the 70s called We Let Our Son Die. Larry and Lucy Parker had a son called Wesley. Uh, he was a, a diabetic. But that's okay because Larry and Lucy had faith. They had faith to believe that their son would be healed from diabetes. And so they took him off his medication and they prayed and they fasted and they prayed and they fasted and they prayed. And when doctors came to them and said, your son is very, very unwell, they said, that's okay because we've got faith. And Wesley died. And the parents were put in jail for um, manslaughter of some sort on the technical term of it. And then they wrote the book. What their conclusions were, and rightfully so, is that they didn't have faith in God, they had faith in their own faith. And there is a subtle but powerful difference in what's being described here because faith in faith is faith in your own ability to try to get God into a headlock, get God into an armbar, using a wrestling term, getting God to submit to your will. Based upon what? Well, the word of God says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So therefore, I must be doing the right thing. Yes, you're only doing the right thing when God calls you to it. It's not working on assumption or presumption, is it? And so faith in God is about trust. And trust is all about being able to say to God, here I am, here's the life that I'm leading, and I actively pursue you 
with regards to what you want for my life, and I'm happy to be stretched, I'm happy to be made uncomfortable because that's the gap, that's the place where you live. And it could be that you're unwell, and that creates space in your life for faith because you're living in that tension of being unwell. Could be that you've got a struggling business, you're living in the tension of that. Could be that you've got a struggle in your relationships with some of your key, key, key family members or something like that. It's all about trying to ensure that you create space for God, but it's not about working in assumption or presumption, which would give room uh, for, sorry, not create any space for God to actually be whom God is. So where do we go from here? Of course, we go back to Scripture. Actually, I'll, I'll set this up for a second. When it comes to faith, we're all going to be on a different journey, aren't we? Every one of us is going to have a different challenge. Some people don't have any trouble making money. Some people struggle to keep $5 in their pocket. Some people may be born with a scenario that creates different health scenarios, health problems for them. That is going to be the challenge for them. And so it goes on. But for each one of us, we're called to put ourselves in a place where we are actively pursuing God for whatever it is that he has called us to participate in. One of the things I like reading about are stories or testimonies of people who've taken the opportunity to allow their faith to be stretched. And uh, you find this happens uh, in the mission field where people say, here I am, God, I'm going to this place and I don't know what I'm going to do and how it's going to happen here but I'm trusting you for an outcome. And the first thing that they offer is their availability. Some of the greatest stories of our missionary, uh, missionary uh, history is built around people who have just simply stepped out in faith, trusting God for an opportunity to spread the gospel. Others in business have said, I will surrender the profits of my business to create an empire, not for myself, but for God. And, and money is released to help people in areas of things of social justice, uh, turning around poverty, creating great opportunities for education, uh, overcoming uh, a whole lot of social injustices. These are the things that people have put themselves out to be a part of. So when it comes back to um, looking at our story from uh, Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego, we think that's a bit extreme. But when we apply these stories, we realize that there are going to be times in our lives when we're going to be challenged to stand up for what we believe or to roll over and bow down to the powers and the principalities of this world. So let's have another little look at, uh, to continue the same theme, at, uh, at Daniel's, Daniel's story. And here we find uh, Daniel himself in trouble. The men uh, in this case are um, men who work for King Nebuchadnezzar and they were struggling with Daniel being um, so well regarded within, their, um, within the lines of authority under Nebuchadnezzar. And it says, the, the, then the men went as a group to King Darius and said to him, remember your majesty that according to the law of Medes and the Persians, no decree or edict that the king issues can be changed. 
So the king gave the order and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The, the king said to Daniel, may your God whom you serve continually rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and the rings of his nobles so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Now this story is pretty common, commonly known to us. It's one we do at Sunday school. It's a story where, once again, uh, somebody who's in Babylon is being asked to bow down to the powers and the principalities. Daniel is only three chapters on from his friends Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego being rescued in the fire. Daniel says, no, this isn't going to happen. I'm not going to bow down. And um, for, for the king at the time, he'd already made a commitment that anybody who didn't bow down would be thrown in the lion's den. So there was no way of pulling back from this commitment. And so Daniel is now put into the lion's den. Now, when we talk about prayer and we talk about trust and we talk about faith, these must have been the times when that whole thing really comes alive. Wouldn't you imagine? Okay. Now, I don't know what was going through Daniel's mind, um, but for his friends who would have been around there worrying about him, concerned about him, you can imagine their prayerful imagination during this time. As that seal was put on that hole where the lions were in the den, uh, they thought to themselves, man, Daniel is going to be completely eaten or God is going to rescue him. There was no two ways about it. And I can only imagine what the prayers might have been. Lord, I pray that the lions feel really hungry. Could you imagine that? That'd be a good prayer, wouldn't it? Lord, I pray that um, they can't smell Daniel. I pray, Lord, they don't feel like eating people today. Uh, I pray that their teeth fall out. I pray, your imagination can just get so steamed up, can't it? You know, Lord, we, we just pray that Daniel, when he gets thrown in the lion's den, he floats to the ceiling. Uh, yeah, Lord, we, we just rebuke the spirit of gravity. And we, yeah, that's a great one, Lord. We just, we just, and, and, and in faith, faith, we start to get a little bit crazy, don't we? Yeah? Some of the prayers that we can pray that are stimulated by an overactive imagination in regards to how God is going to rescue people can sometimes seem a little bit out there. And yet we don't see any sign of this. What we see is a deep sense of trust. At the end of the day, we can tell God how to be God or we can trust God. Yeah? Now, there's no doubt in my mind that we've been praying for rescue. But we can tell God how to be God or we can simply trust God. And so here we find ourselves looking at this story. At the first sight of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to rescue from the lions? Now, what a great testimony Daniel's got. Because the question he asks is, a simple one that acknowledges Daniel's faith. Is the God whom you serve continually been able to rescue you? Great, great line, isn't it? 
Great question. Daniel answered, May the king live forever. My God sent his angel, and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I, found, I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I ever done anything wrong before you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. So, faith. 2020. Stretchy, stretchy. I want you just to hold this up again like this. And I want you to put your finger in it. And I just want to ask you to ask yourself, how, how much of this are you going to allow to happen? Really? How much? Because the thing about faith is that sometimes it's taken out of our hands. We get thrown in scenarios where um, life becomes difficult and we get stretched beyond our hope. But we also can create opportunities for God to grow us. We put ourselves out there. We choose to be a blessing to others. We choose to take on responsibilities that others might not want. We choose to go to Vanuatu for a year. Whatever it might be. A lot of this is in our hands. <clears throat> and the thing about God is that he said he, he, he will reward those who earnestly seek him. And so as we start this year, as we start this decade, I'm asking you to challenge yourself about faith and how it is that God wants to grow you, how God wants to stretch you. I also want you to recognize that the life you're called to live is not this. You see, we confuse purpose and pleasure a lot. You can find pleasure in purpose, but you won't find purpose in pleasure. So if your goal is this, and that's the pursuit of pleasure, purpose will be very hard to find. However, if you seek to find purpose, that will create a gap like this because you have yet to achieve what it is that God has asked you or challenged you to do. In there, you find pleasure because you find God's favor you find God's will. You find his presence. You find him actively working in and through your life because you are now stretched beyond your own capacity to achieve what it is that God wants you to achieve. There, in that gap, is where God exists. We are called to live by faith. That is where faith exists. Faith doesn't exist here. It exists here. And that's why God calls us to grow beyond what it is that we already think we're capable of so that we can actually allow him room to grow us, to stretch us, so that we, like Abraham, become blessed to be a blessing. 2020, stretchy, stretchy. Do you like that? 
It's terrible, actually. <laughs> but it's a good place to start, isn't it? Why don't we stand for prayer? God, as we open up Scripture again, we find the stories that challenge and inspire us the most are the stories of people's lives who have been lived by faith. And as we look at the likes of Daniel and we see the victory that he had because they trusted you, um, we also see in Hebrews 11 how it is that these ancient men of faith lived such lives that they didn't even see the completion of what it is that you put on their hearts to do. And so God, allow us to feel comfortable being stretched, not to feel uncomfortable and blame our surroundings, but to feel uncomfortable and recognize that there's something in our lives that you're growing, that you've challenged us about. And in that discontent and that unrest, there we will find our purpose. And so, Lord, we pray that in this, in this year ahead, that um, you will give us those opportunities to grow, that we won't be like that slack rubber band that has no purpose because it's not being stretched. But indeed, Lord, we'll allow ourselves to grow. And in doing so, Lord, we, we become a blessing to you and to others. But we also have that deep sense of knowing that we're walking very closely with you. And so, God, I pray for everyone here today. Um, whether right now we're being stretched and we just need your comfort, or we're feeling that we need a new challenge. Allow us, Lord, to experience that. Allow us to just know your will and allow us to surrender what it is that holds us back. And so we ask all of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.